Sin Media acknowledges and pays respect to the people of the Woiwurrung and Boonwurrung language groups of the Eastern Kulin Nations, on whose unceded lands the Sin Studio stand. Sin extends this respect to the traditional custodians and people of the lands and waters our content reaches. It always was, and always will be, Aboriginal land. That right there, Kanisha with art, which is uh, quite appropriate considering what we were talking about uh, during the break with our one and only guest, Minnie. Hello. Let's go. Let's Hello. go. <laughs> Woo! Yay. I, a very, very uh, sloppy transition on my part. But we, good, we were talking good. about Goya in, in a little bit and as well as some other art things because, uh, as we'll get into, um, music is not Minnie's first venture career-wise, which I think is a very worthwhile conversation to be having, especially on Soul Food, which is what you're listening to right now on Sin with Marzi, Noah, and Owen. Um, before that, we had Don't Let Him Say Goodbye, which is a demo by Jacketine. And let me just add, um, she opened for Thames earlier in the week. Oh, Same wow. Forum Theatre. Love that. Um, did an incredible job. Incredible live? Um, yeah, really good. Really, really good. Well, I want to circle back to that conversation in a sec too, for sure. Before that as well, we had From Here to You by Squid Nebula um, after talking a little bit about the SOS fundraiser that we have active at the moment, which is another thing that we will circle back around to as well. But for now... Once again, we have Minnie in the studio with us, and it would be remiss of us to, to talk about other things when we have so much to talk about by way of what Minnie does for music. First mm-hmm. of all, Minnie, how are you feeling today? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me on today. Absolutely. No worries at all. Uh, I wanted to discuss with you the first protocol being that, again, um, music is something that you've arrived at after going through a couple other career progressions. I wanted to specifically ask what for you was sort of the turning point for what you were doing previously, which you're mm-hmm. welcome to speak about in as much detail as you wish. Yep. Um, and then from that to move into music itself, like what motivated that decision for you? Yeah, sure. So I've always loved music as a child. Grew up um, listening to a lot of music and watching music videos all the time. Um, but I was also drawing a lot. And um, to me, back then when I was a kid, it just didn't seem like music was a possible dream. It just felt so, I don't know, like I couldn't see the pathway. Mm. It was difficult to see, but that's the nature of of it, really. But um, yeah, I decided to go into design instead. It just seemed like a safer pathway, had a clearer pathway. And so I ended up working in automotive design, so at Ford Motor Company, doing um, car colours. And so I was there for about a few, I was there for a few years and I actually stumbled upon, yeah, some articles that talked about regret and people, I guess, sorry, it's a bit dark, but people in the, on their deathbed, um, what their top five regrets were. And one of them was like not listening to themselves and always listening to what society and what others kind of told them to do. Mm-hmm. And so, and my partner was going through a lot of personal development as well. And so he really encouraged me to look deeper and really think about what it is that I want to do in this lifetime. And so I'm like, music. And so decided to do a really drastic thing. And I quit my job and just dived right into the music pathway. And so here I am. Yeah. Wow. That, uh, again, very inspiring decision as well. And it's uh, really nice to see that it's um, working out in the way that it is right now. Again, oh, thanks. Glad that you're on radio. Glad that you're being yeah. played place by place as well. Such an honor. I'm really grateful. <laughs> oh, well, lovely. What was that um, sort of process like for you in the beginning of, of making that decision 
and yeah. and making that choice and then that sort of interim between there and now essentially. Yeah, so making the decision, what was it? I think I was actually well I was think I was playing around with the idea and really like researching first. And then I think um I got a CD like Flume. So Flume <laughs> um this deluxe edition had a free copy of Ableton Light inside of it. Oh, and nice. I was sick from work one day and then I'm like I'm going to just try it out and see how it feels. And then decided and played around in Ableton. I'm like, oh my God, I think this might be possible. And then from there, I got sent emails about, hey, there's a free Ableton workshop here and you should check out Coursera, et cetera. And I'm like, okay. So then I started learning and learning and learning. And then, yeah, then once I decided to actually quit the job, like I looked into other short courses. Um, I looked into composing for games even because even though I did music, like I didn't know which area of music to get into. So I just tried a bit of everything. Um, and I was taking song no, I was taking singing lessons from my friend, and then she decided to get songwriters in and teach that. So I'm like, okay, I'll give that a try. And that was a real aha moment for me. This was probably about four years ago, where my teacher was like, "This is how you write a song," and I was like, "That's amazing! Like that's how a song is created. That's that's so cool." And so then lockdown happened. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there it is. <laughs> that that yeah. point of the story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I joined a songwriting club, like an online songwriting club. Okay. It was called I Heart Songwriting Club, and they give you a prompt every week, so you end up writing one song a week. Yeah, and right. so lockdown, not much to do. So very great, good time to be creative. So I think I wrote about like. 60 songs in 60 weeks or something. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So that's productivity. They're not all all good though. Like, you know, sometimes it takes like 10 songs to get a good one out of it. But 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 I think just the idea of creating for that long and that, uh, what's the word, that consistently, that's the word, consistently, that consistently is a testament in itself. I think, I think that's the result more than the actual song itself. The result is that you were able to do that in 60 weeks. So no slouch at all. Mm. Thanks. I think that's just my creative process. I just like, you're diving deep and learning mm-hmm. just everything about something. Yeah. Um, I, I want to ask, like, um, coming into you learning how to do music, obviously you've mentioned that you had some infrastructure around you, like your friends. Um, you had a bit of a community around you when you started jumping into it. But when you initially jumped in for the first time, uh, what was it like? Obviously you knew piano as well mm-hmm. by that point. But, like, did you, do you, I guess what I'm trying to ask is, do you feel like your time uh, doing something completely non-creative helped in regards to your practice? for mm. for being creative like I because because I'm what I'm what I'm hearing is a lot of like I want to try it I'm hearing unspoken elements of discipline mm-hmm. in 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 that um, I'm I'm hearing um like a, a general kind of an ability to not just focus but know where you need to focus in order to absorb quickly mm-hmm. so I'm wondering what that experience was like actually like learning learning to create music for the first time rather than just simply playing an instrument yeah so like in terms of maybe songwriting, like to create something from scratch. Um, yeah, it's songwriting, but also producing on Ableton, like the, yeah. the, the whole, all of it, really. You mentioned songwriting was the kind of click moment for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, essentially, yeah. Like, like, how did you like? What was it like transitioning to that point? And why was yeah. it songwriting that was the aha moment? Okay. So when I was doing design, that's still creative, like it's still a creative practice, mm. and I was studying industrial design, where like I love creating new things and I love coming up with original 
new innovative solutions. And that was the thing that I went through with uni and then into work as well. So I guess like that's just part of my creative process and my nature of me um, just wanting to create something out of nothing. Mm. And so that's why when songwriting, when I stumbled upon songwriting, it just felt like it was pure expression and storytelling mm. and the kind of storytelling that I didn't get with design, actually. Mm. I could actually use words. I could actually use, like, rhyme and... Yeah, create yeah. concepts yeah. linguistically. Yeah, and really human. Yeah. Yeah, so and it really comes from, like, the heart and soul. Yeah. Would you say as well that the design aspect of things, uh, and I think this is potentially kind of what Noah was um, circling around, was that did that kind of inform for you a structure to your creativity oh. and to the approach that you then went through your songwriting itself. Yeah, yeah, I think mm. it did, definitely. Because in design, we, like, go through a research phase and then we generate ideas and then we develop them then refine them. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And so, yeah, I think I do bring that into the songwriting too. That's great. Yeah, mm. and I think... I worked with some producers and they say, oh, you're very methodical. And because uh, I would create like a whole brief for them, like I'd create a mood board. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Like yes. here's some images, Super what it should that. feel like. Love it should that. feel like a strange like vampires and knights and, you know, like all this strange stuff. And is it, yeah. Does it get received well or do you like, do they look at it and go, oh my God, this is what I've been yeah. waiting for. Why, where have you been? Or is it more of a case of like probably not being used to the methodical approach yeah. and having to learn how to do that? I think they do like it because I try not to say too much in the brief because I do yeah, understand Allow that, a level of creativity. Yeah, I do want to create space but give some sort of direction because I feel like sometimes with creativity, if you don't have constraints and total freedom, mm -hmm. it's so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So you kind of need something yeah. to like latch on to. Absolutely. Yeah. I think on that point as well, uh, this is a good opportunity to uh, talk about a single that you have coming on the 1st of December called yes. Believe yeah. um, because we do know that that was inspired by the book and show American Gods, yep. which is an, a great example of that type of mood boarding that you would do when you go in to work with producers. Is this a track that you have worked on with a team? Is this something that you've come through for yourself? And what did that process look like with the inspiration attached to it? Yeah, so I watched the show. I didn't read the book, but I watched the show and sure. I thought it was really cool. Um, the concept of talking about gods, like new gods versus old gods. So mm. old gods, we know the ancient ones like Norse gods or ancient Greek gods and stuff. Um, but also our new gods, which is like technology and yeah. media and social mm. media and stuff. And the power being affiliated to like how much that they're actually revered in yeah. common society exactly because yeah. attention is currency now yeah absolutely. <laughs> right so it kind of makes us question like what do we believe in you know sort of thing um but the creative process in terms of that was i wrote the song so i watched the show and i was just really inspired and then i went to the piano and I, it just kind of came out and then i took that song to a producer called um sb90 and then worked with him to produce the track mm -hmm. and yeah that was pretty much it yeah absolutely <laughs> do you find uh working with producers um as we've said, obviously, you, you, you're giving a pretty big brief. You're making sure that they're across how you're viewing things mm -hmm. and, and what you want your approach to be to, to that sort of work. Do you find that not only are they, like, we've talked about them being receptive to the idea, but what's the process of you working with them to mm -hmm. have their sort of personal influence in? Because we've spoken about this quite extensively on Soul Food, that producers are very much 
uh, an underrated sort of aspect of creativity oh, yeah. in terms of like there is a songwriter and, and they absolutely are the primary thing to that, but a, a huge influence on what the song sounds like at the end of the day is the producer that you choose and yep. what their personal sort of approach is to that. What was that process like for American uh, – sorry, for Believe? Believe, yeah. So when I picked Stu to work with, so his name's Stu, uh-huh. um, I made sure that I trust him and I – and we have the same taste as sure. well. Mm. So I think that's really important when you're picking a producer is that you like the same music that they do. And so when working in the studio together, of course, I gave him a brief. I told him that it's about this show. Watch the intro to it. He's seen the show. So that was a really good sign as well. So he understands Great. the story. And then I kind of told him about the mood of it. So I'd be like, I want it. I wrote it from the perspective of an old god. So I want it to sound powerful. Sick. Yeah. Love that. Sick. Yeah, exactly. So then he we just he just tried out a few things while I was in the room and I'm like, mm. I like that. Let's try this one and I like that one. At the same time, I can remain a bit quiet in the studio because I don't want to disrupt the magic. Because sure. I know Stu is also like experimenting and I want to give him a lot of space for that. Right. So it was a really cool like process to hear like the bare bones of a song all of a sudden have so much life to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting too that you're able to step back enough to let something form away from you for a bit before returning back to it because yeah. you've given the idea and you've given like the bare bones of it but that's a very valuable thing too to be able to say like go. Yeah. Do what you want to do and then we'll come back and see how it feels. Exactly. It's trust. It's actually trust. <laughs> Minnie, I wanted to quickly touch on some of your previous work as well while we have the chance. Um, I got to listen to some stuff on the way into the studios today. Yeah. First of all, fantastic work. And oh, I think I think you. the polish on, on a lot of your work is really fantastic as well. I want to quickly touch on Entangled. The inspiration behind it, it's... It's quite interesting. So it's referring to quantum entanglement. Yeah. What can you tell us about that and how it served as inspiration for the song? Yeah. So this is one of the songs that I wrote in that club. Mm-hmm. So Quantum ah, Entanglement sick. was give, as a prompt given to us. Beautiful. And looked it up. I didn't know what it meant. But it's a scientific phenomenon where two particles, even if they are separated by billions of light years of space, they're kind of connected somehow. Sure. So if one, hap- one thing happens to like one particle, the other one gets affected as well. So Einstein called it like spooky science, it went away. Um, <laughs> yeah. But to me, I saw that as a metaphor for love because yeah, yeah I've been in a relationship mm. for a long time and I do find that, you know, if you know, my partner, if he comes home late or whatever, like I just can't sleep or something, you know? So mm. I feel like we're really connected that way. Mm. And so for me, it's that real question of love and relationships. Is it connection? Is it attachment? It's a bit of both. So is it a good thing or a bad thing? Sure. So. Exploring the interaction between the emotional and psychological sort of aspects yeah, of it. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. And I think um, it probably inspires a lot of your sort of stuff is that sort of haunting enchantingness to it. Because like a, a lot of your work is quite, a little, almost a little bit haunting a little bit. <laughs> and there's a bit of a chill to it when I, when I was listening to it as well. Hey, uh, if people want to hear Believe, though, they may be able to get, hopefully, an early uh, early session by catching you live next month, opening yeah. for Gallagher. And also oh, the East Melbourne Food and Wine Festival, which is a, a stellar um, little, a little space to do as well. Um, yeah. Talk a little bit about performing and how you're feeling about those shows in general. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so on the 4th of November, I'll be supporting Gallagher, my friend. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but... 
I only just started performing properly this year. It wasn't something that mm-hmm. I was planning to do. Yeah, right. Well, I guess while <laughs> yeah. you're, you're writing during lockdown, so that wouldn't have been an opportunity. On the radar. Yeah, yeah mm. exactly. And I thought maybe it was just, might, it might be too hard. You know, I had that sort of fear back then when mm. I was little, like, I can't do music. And now I can, I'm doing songwriting. I'm like, oh, I can't perform. But no, all of a sudden this year, I've been really fortunate that, um, I got them into a mentorship program with the Boat. Um so they champion oh, wow. yeah they mm. champion um culturally diverse artists yeah. mm-hmm. and so they just pushed me onto the stage. They were like, "Yep, you're in this program now and you've got to perform like in a month." I'm like, "Oh, great." Um <laughs> so yeah, that just like forced me to learn how to do it. And so I was super shaky at the start and like, you know, voice was shaky, knees were shaky and couldn't sleep the night before, but then yeah, the next time I could sleep. A little better. Yeah, exactly. A little bit better. My body started to learn. Next time, oh, my heart wasn't racing anymore. It's fine, you know? Yeah. Mm. I can survive. That's great to hear. This is a good opportunity as well to briefly sort of highlight that you've uh, opened and played for some people that we've had on Soul Food before Uh by way of Benjamino and Meadow Whip when they were down here for their tour. Fantastic stuff getting to work with them, hey. Yes. Yeah, mm. and yes. just on that too, do you find that you're altering your approach for different artists as you work with them? Like, will the Gallagher uh, set that you do be different to the the Benjamin and Meta Whip gig that yeah. you do? Yeah, I think it will because Gallagher is more of a hyper pop act, mm-hmm. and sure. the theme for the next gig um, is synths, like sounds of Saturn. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be very that. synthy. Okay. Yeah. So beforehand, I'll like. Previously, I've been playing more of an acoustic set, so sure. I think I'll be like incorporating a bit more synths and a bit more production into it. Yes, yeah, yeah. lovely. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, 4th of November at the Last Chance Rock and Roll Bar, that'll be the That's one to it. pick for That's sure. That's the place to do it. That's the place to do it. Hey, uh, Minnie, as a local artist working in R&B, we're gonna, we like to really talk about industry sort of stuff here at Soul Food and particularly how R&B lives within the industry and lives within NAM as, as a whole. Can you speak to the larger, you know, the, the industry supporting you at large in terms of how you felt in, in the past process? And obviously performing live has been really new to you, but as, as an artist, how do you feel about the industry support you've gotten? Yeah, so as a whole, I feel like the industry is really trying to support emerging artists. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like Nam is an incredibly diverse um, city, like in terms of culture, in terms of styles mm-hmm. and flavors. And yeah, so I feel like they're really cha- trying to champion even culturally diverse artists too. So I think I've been quite lucky in terms of my support from like music bodies like Music Victoria and and mm. like, yeah, and the Boat, for instance, mm. who are very focused on being culturally diverse. Yep. So I feel like, and they've got so many, there are so many workshops on actually in Nam. Yeah, that's Heaps true, of actually. free workshops. And I think yeah. we're very lucky that the government, I think, does fund the arts here. Mm. Um, so yeah, like Music Victoria, VNDO, The Push, um, they've got heaps of free workshops that I go to and that's how I kind of build my community. Yeah, we can. We can. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, while we're on board with it as well, uh, Sin obviously is a few days into our Save Our Station fundraising event. Um, you've been um, a vocal supporter for Sin for a long time. Thank you so much for oh, that as it's well. It's reciprocated. Seriously, yeah. you guys have supported me so much, so yeah. I'm truly grateful. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what you love about Sin as a local, coming from a local, local artist perspective? Yeah, so I just love the vibe of Sin. I think it's a really crucial, vital, important um, all the important words, um, mm-hmm. part of our culture here in Nam in Australia. I think Sin really does champion the voice of 
young people, emerging artists, local artists. And I think that's so important because to me, it's like you can stream music, you know, you can go on the internet and stream music and all that. But where do you get the connection? Mm. Where do you get yeah. the stories? Where do you get conversations like, you know, like this and actually Absolutely. dive deeper into artist stories mm. and art and culture? Mm. And I think that's what Sin provides. And not only that, but so many great radio hosts come are born from Sin as Correct. well. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's just amazing work that you all do. And as volunteers as well, so it's incredible. Yeah. Well, that, it's, that, was, it's, that was beautifully put. Very <laughs> profound and, and very much appreciated. Obviously, you've been a long-time supporter even before this interview. Um, so it's always a pleasure to have you on, Minnie. Hey, we're just about to wrap up here and get into get into Entangled. I'm really excited to get on mm-hmm. here for, for us. But before we do, where can people find you and, and, what, and where can they expect you next? Yeah, so I'm all over the socials on Instagram, um, Facebook. Yeah, just Minnie Music is my handle on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Spotify and all those M-I-N-H-Y, correct? Yes, M-I-N-H-Y, Mini. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what's next? Yeah, got the gig coming up mm-hmm. in November 4th. Another yep. one, uh, was it East Malvern? East Malvern Food, Food Festival, and, which yeah. that sounds really good, actually. That sounds yeah. really great. Might even have to drop after that one. No, for sure. Yeah, if you keep yeah. eyes on Mini's, Mini's socials, then for you'll sure. be able to stay informed about all of those events moving forward. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The fourth is the, uh, definitely the one to keep an eye on. Uh-huh, for sure. What we like to do here at Soul Food as well is we like to give you the onus to to introduce your next track here. Oh. Uh, so all you need to do, it's super simple. Don't, <laughs> don't feel like you don't feel like you need to stress out. It's super simple. All you have to do is just tell them where they're listening, who you are, and maybe a, a quick note about the song, and we'll throw it to it. So I'll, I'll give you the floor. This is Minnie here. All right. Hey, this is Minnie. You're listening to Sin FM, and this next song is called Entangled. Mm. 